Hello and welcome and happy new year to you. Welcome to a Brave Space podcast with Dr. Meeks. I'm your host, Chelsea Glasgow, and we're here, of course, with the wonderful and wise Dr. Catherine Meeks. How are you? I'm well. How are you today? I am doing wonderfully well. Um, I can't complain. Uh, as as you would say, no one's listening anyways, eh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited um, to be here in this new year. The Center for Racial Healing has so much in store for you all this year. So make sure you're staying connected with us online at the Center for Racial Healing dot uh, com, excuse me, dot org, as well as uh, online for social media center for racial healing. Today, we're going to be speaking about a topic, um, that we believe you're going to be very interested in. Listen, I'm so excited to talk about this topic. We have to just jump right on in. And the title of this conversation is overcoming racialized trauma. Don't we love to be overcomers? Right. We are all overcomers. okay? And one of the things that we overlook at times is our racialized trauma. And so we're going to discuss what that is and what we can do about it and how we can shift our mindsets to be able to walk um, a little step closer and a little more further into God's dream. So, Dr. Meeks, I want to start off with this question. What is trauma? Let's break down the word. What is trauma? Well, you know, when you when there's a when there's a violation of you, of, of your personhood in some kind of way, a violation of your psyche, of your body, of your soul, then that that becomes a traumatic event. You know, if you have a something's beyond your control, something uh, a, a negative energy that is perpetrated on somebody and you didn't have you didn't have any choice in the matter. You know, if you think about it, and I'm, I'm just trying to be as as clear headed about it as possible, that somebody does something to you or something happens to you that is a that has a, a negative impact upon you and you and you couldn't do anything about it. You know, then it becomes a traumatic thing. You didn't choose it. You didn't, you, you know, most of the time you don't deserve uh, people don't deserve trauma all of the time. Nobody deserves trauma, but it's, it's, I, I think that that would help almost anybody understand everybody has gone through some kind of trauma for some reasons somewhere along the way in their lives. If, if they've lived a, a little while. Yeah. I love, I love the definition that you gave um, when you said trauma is a violation of the body or soul. Hmm. That was really good. Um, and we know that our soul is made up of three components, your mind, your will, or your emotions. So it's, if it was ever a violation of your mind, your will, or emotions, that too is considered trauma. Another definition that I really enjoy about trauma um, is very short, and it says this, trauma is anything that happened that wasn't supposed to happen. Mm, that's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just like a mm -hmm. simple, like <laughs> anything that happened that was not in the plan, that was not in God's perfect plan and will for your life. That is 
trauma. I want us to take it, um, us to take it a step further and talk about then if trauma is a violation of the body or soul or anything that happened that wasn't supposed to happen, what do we mean by racialized trauma? Well, you know, people were never supposed to be enslaved. One person was not supposed to be enslaved by another person. People were not supposed to be abusive of each other. We were not put on put on this earth to treat each other poorly, to do bad things to one another. Those things were not supposed to happen. We were put here to be God's people on this in this space, figuring out what that even means, and abusing each other, which has been going on since the beginning of time, was not a part of the plan, really. We brought that in, we allowed that into the plan. And so we, so, you know, um, since the beginning of time, we've been treating each other badly, unfortunately. I mean, that's true. We've just been doing that. And we enslaved people. We uh, use people in bad ways. And, and then the racialization of trauma, as we talk about it in the United States, has to do with holding people in oppression, in slavery, and the genocides that was um, perpetrated against Native people, the indigenous people. But, th- but that act of actually killing off people or enslaving people, if it had stopped there, perhaps it would have been easier for people to, for, for all of us, indigenous people and other pe- and black people and other people of color to overcome. But the fact that it didn't stop there, it, it became a, a, it was as if the, tra- the, the, the trauma of enslaving somebody, bringing, you know, snatching people up from their villages in Africa and bringing them to the United States and holding them in slavery. That was an, that was an act but then it continued with the continue continuation of denigration and and um, narratives that reinforce having done that horrible thing to them in the first place, have, trying to justify it. And and then what makes it what makes it so insidious is that the people, the victims of this, internalize all that stuff and start acting like it's true. Ah. Mm, the worst part Start acting <laughs> like the narratives are true acting like you are second or third or fourth class citizen because that's how you've been treated that's how the structures are set up to make you feel that's how you keep on being treated day after day so black people in america indigenous people in the united states and anybody else of color walks into this kind of energy, Chelsea, that says you're not as good as white people. And so then the that trauma that that started back with the, the genocide and the slavery just continues and it keeps being reinforced. And 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 it becomes more insidious and, and subtle as you go along because you lived in that space so long you can't you can hardly figure out if you are the oppressed person sometimes you can't really figure out how you're being traumatized at, mm. at many times. Sounds, yeah, it sounds like, you know, over the generations, as a child growing up with a parent who has, you know, racialized trauma, um, when they tell their, their children,
children, hey, you need straight hair, right? The child mm-hmm. just grows up saying, my mama told me to have straight hair. The child has no idea um, the racialized trauma that comes with, you know, curly hair or or the black woman's hair, right? They have no idea about all of that history, but they do know that mama said, if I want to look presentable today, I need to wear my hair straight. And so they grow up their whole life, you know, rejecting or not even knowing their curl pattern, right? They, they don't even know what their real hair looks like. Why? Because of racialized trauma. And as you said, you know, it gets more sneaky as the years um, go by. If we don't speak, stay, take a moment to stand up and tell the truth about why we are even doing the things that we do. And that comes from investigating where did this come from? Where, where did this, why do I like this? Why, when did I start doing this? When did we start eating chitterlings? You know, when, when, yeah, did, this, right. when did this happen and, and why? And if we investigate yeah. that, we'll be more equipped um, to take on and overcome this trauma. Absolutely, Chelsea. And I love that you said it becomes more sneaky. I I love that because to talk about insidiousness or this, that, and the other, some of those words I learned in graduate school, but it's really, (laughs) it is sneaky. It is Mm -hmm. sneaky because it sneaks up on you and Mm -hmm. it comes in, it comes into play when you least expect it. You know, some of these messages that, that, that have been just, um, out here in in the in the universe for, for, that has come from this negative narrative business that we've that we have um, got so it, it's gone so deep into us until we don't really even know where it came from, and we don't even realize half the time that that's what we're responding to. So you got to look this way, you know. I I remember being told that I I, I don't need to. Um, wear red because I'm too dark. Uh, I don't, you don't want to, you know, you, you've got to make, keep a low profile because growing up in rural Arkansas, it wasn't a good idea for a black person to stand up too tall and to be counted because it was dangerous for folks to think you had a, for white folks to think you had a mind and a, and a, and a dream, you know, and a heart. And so you, you, and, and whether those messages were, um, directly spoken, most of the time they were not, it was spoken by the behavior. You know, you're in a store and you can't look at stuff because you're a little, you're a little black kid and you might mess up something or some white person might be upset at, at you thinking that you had the right to look at that thing, you know? And so you, you get, you, it, that stuff ends up affecting you and the negative the very negative effect that we are experiencing in this present moment is how we then begin to see each other we begin to project onto each other that negative stuff out of ourselves and we put it we i look at you and i don't value you the same way as i value somebody who doesn't look like me because i don't value me because I've been told I'm not up to par. I don't look right. I'm too big. I'm too black. My hair's too kinky. All that foolish stuff that we have been told in one way or another begins to permeate our interactions with each other. Mm-hmm. There's a quote that says, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's that cycle um, that we're witnessing right now. I, Dr. Meese, you kind of identified a few things 
that um, exhibited or demonstrated what racialized trauma looks like. But can you give us um, maybe some more of those actions that people who may have racialized trauma, you know, they may not notice that they're doing this on a day-to-day basis, right? Because they never investigated these things. But what are some top um, demonstrations of or indications that, hey, you may be experiencing racialized trauma if you think these things or behave this way? Well, I think the that one of the places, Chelsea, that you know we've talked about before, that it becomes the most apparent is in relationships between black men and black women and other men and women of, of color in the ways in which we relate to each other, the ways in which we re, uh, treat each other, the ways in which we look at each other and how we think about each other. You know, we see some serious issues around all of that. And racism comes into that. The racialized trauma of, from racism comes into the ways in which we deal with each other. You know, we're going to be going, as we begin the programs for this year, we're going to be talking a lot about Black love and marriage and and love and marriage uh, among people of color in general. Oh, wow. I can't wait. Because because the impact of this negative narration has has gotten into the, the ways in which we see each other and value one another and the ways in which we imagine each other as partners because we we bring this negative stuff with us so we're not we're not quite satisfied with who we who we are you know I always thought something was wrong with me because guys guys stayed away from me you know they didn't like they thought they wanted to be around me but then after they were around me for a little bit they changed their mind part of that was not because I was not all right part of it was because I was smart and because I was a no-nonsense person but I didn't think that I just had been socialized to think well it's you don't look right you know you're you're too big you're too black your hair's too short all these negative things. And it was a wonderful thing to get over that foolishness and say, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I look just fine. I am fine. There's something wrong here that, that doesn't, that's not me. And what the, what was wrong is this perception that somehow or another, this person that you're looking at looks like you and they're not quite good enough, you know, and, and another place where we see some of this, I think, has to do with um, violence that we perpetrate against each other. Oh, my. Talk about you know, it. Talk about you it. know, to, to, to look at a person that looks like you and be willing to take their life, that you something has happened to you, something bad has happened to you to make you to make you do that. And to take their life over stupid stuff. It's not like they were coming at you with the butcher knife and you shot them. No, they just didn't say hello to you in the right way. Right. It's, and you it's just, about the you respect. Just, we we mm-hmm. see a lot of a lot of fights and a lot of death come straight out of someone's ego being um, being hit. And that comes from, if if I could hypothesize for a moment, that that comes from um, the racialized trauma of black men being being beat down, right, and and being of their respect. And so when they do have an, their chance to get their respect, number one, they're only shown that respect is, is get it, given 
um, from violence, right? You have to overpower someone in order to get respect. Um, and so again, like you said, when that becomes your identity, then you start to do that to everyone around you. And quite naturally, you're going to be around if you're a black, you know, if you're a black kid, you're going to be around a black family quite naturally. And, and they may be in a black neighborhood. So now you're doing this along with other people who have the same racialized trauma. <laughs> and, yeah, and, 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 and Chelsea, that example too goes back to the relationships issue because black men were treated as they black men and women were treated as they were in this in this country because there was no respect for marriage among black people and that black white men thought they could do whatever they not only thought but did do whatever they wanted to do and black men could not defend the women you know and women could not defend the men there are instances where women tried to defend the men and they got lynched the same as the men did, you know. So, so when you create that that kind of scenario, then the only way that you can, the psychologically and spiritually, the only way you can survive is to begin to hate the victim because you can't protect the victim. Mm. So you you can't, you know. Mm. I'm watching you drag my husband out of the house and lynch him. So then I can hate him for being too weak to defend himself. But he can't defend himself because he can't, there's no defense against that kind of violence. But it, but and 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 if you ask us, we would never articulate it that way because that's just too that's just too much to own. That's too but real. real. That's truth, too real. Yeah, that's too but real. Deep, right there. <laughs> but deep down inside of us is that I'm ashamed. I'm angry, and and you are the reason because you you are uh, um, this victim like me and why don't you save me and yourself and you can't. So I'm going to, so I have bad feelings toward you rather than the source of the victimization. Wow. Wow. And then we wound up like crabs in a barrel, right? Blaming one another, talking Mm -hmm. in circles and never chasing our tails chasing our tails. It's the man's fault. It's the woman's fault, right? Because now the woman's too mean and aggressive, right? You know, and, and now and now the man's too weak. The woman's too aggressive. I mean, this is, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. And, and, yeah. And the guys, you know, if, if when it comes to relationships and you talk about what, I mean, one of our programs we're going to be doing, the audience may be interested to know, it's going to be on black love and marriage and racialized trauma. Because I'm I'm gonna be angry with you because you're you're you I'm the male and you're the female and you have had to stand up to the step up to the plate because there was a big hole in in the in the family or in the community or wherever and you now have the the woman has stepped up to the plate to try to to try to take care of things and you're the man over there that's been beat down and told you can't do anything so now you get mad at me because I'm stepping up to the plate. <laughs> well, you know, this is just a whole bunch of passing, passing a whole bunch of negative energy around that really is misplaced mm. because the the energy needs to go toward the source of why I'm having to step up to the plate and you can't step up to the plate. You know, there's a system that has made this, have put all this stuff in motion and in place and we're all victims 
And we need to acknowledge that and say we we see we now stand up together to cease to be victims. You know, because we're gonna name we're gonna name the source here and we're gonna deal with the real source and stop beating up on each other. Wow, that that's so powerful. And I really believe if our listeners would just I mean, go and rewind that. Because if I could right now, I would. Um, Go and rewind that because that was so... You just broke generational curses with that statement, Dr. Meeks. I mean, if people will really just take heed to what you said, like, hey, you know, we have to stop blaming one another because the real truth of the matter is in in order to overcome this trauma, it's going to require both parties to do it. The woman cannot do it alone. The man cannot do it alone. Everybody who's has, who has been affected by this, all of that energy needs to be fueled into, um, again, uh, against, um, what has started this all together, what has the roots of the issue, as you would say, we need to have our energy towards that. But that only comes from uh, the beauty and the blessing um, in community, um, especially when we're talking about Black love. It, it comes from people bridging the gap and saying, listen, I understand you and why you did this. I understand you and why you did this. But let's both come to the realization as to who started this fight because it looks like somebody just threw a rock and ran away and two people are now arguing about you know my glass is broken and and whose glass is more broke right but the truth of the matter is somebody else threw the rock and we should really be mad at them and it's not until number one we calm ourselves down we quiet ourselves down so that we stop blaming and then number two we investigate ourselves and investigate the root of the problem so that we can see where this started and how have the boldness, bravery, and maturity to get together in community and 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 attack that and use that energy absolutely. to attack that. I, absolutely, Chelsea. And you know the 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 saddest thing for me ever is to see uh, people who have be, been victimized by negative energy becoming the perpetrators of negative energy on other people, period. I mean, that is, a, that is a very sad thing. And it comes from a lack of, of consciousness. You know, you are not, you have not interrogated your way of being in the world enough to know why you do what you do. And, and, and to really begin to say, you know, I grew up with all this same stuff. You grew up with this same stuff, but we've asked questions about who we are and what we're doing. And, and one of the places we, because of that, asking those questions, I call it self-interrogation. We can come to a space where we know what's going on and we decide to quit doing that to each other. We just say, no, you walk through my door, you will, you will experience being loved and appreciated. And whatever I have that can help you if I can help you in any way, you can count on it. And you, But you only get there when you begin to feel good enough about yourself that you quit needing other to, to harm other people in order to feel better. Mm. Powerful, powerful 
powerful stuff. Listen, I hope our listeners have really taken heed to this. Now, this is how you start off your 2022, okay? Yeah. This, <laughs> this is how you started off right here, ladies and gentlemen. You started off by doing this self-interrogation and identifying the things in you that are stopping you from getting the things that you really want to see, from being the change that you want to be. Um, and so thank you so much, Dr. Meeks, for that that wisdom and insight. Um, I hope you guys have really enjoyed this episode on overcoming racialized trauma. Listen, if you want to hear more about this, definitely send us an email, um, contact us, make a comment on the podcast. We are listening, we are watching, and we are ready to discuss the things that are coming to your front door um, and giving you the tools and resources of how to be brave, to dismantle those things, and to build up what is supposed to be there. We're here for you. Contact us on our website, centerforracialhealing.org or um, go to our social media site, Center for Racial Healing, both on Facebook and on Instagram. There you'll see our upcoming programs um, and anything that we are participating in as far as community events in the area, et cetera, et cetera. Our events, excuse me, our programs are free. Yes, they're free. All of the only thing they require is for you to register. So make sure you are staying in the know as to what we are doing. All of our, uh, most of our events are virtual. So guess what? All you have to do is register and click the link at the date and time. We are expecting to see you there and we hope that you bring a friend. Um, until next time, you just remember to always tell the truth. Happy 2022.